I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to health care, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Yavis Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors lost in overtime by a score of 131 to 129 against the Washington Wizards. This loss doesn't officially kill the play in tournament hopes, but this loss to Washington in particular, and with Indiana also winning tonight, um, they're done. They're basically done. But listen, man, the Raptors have been done for some time. Let's be real. Even if you got to the play-in tournament, what does that really do? Um, in terms of, are the Raptors going to be a factor this season? Are they going to maybe contend? Are they even maybe going to win one round? That ship sailed February. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know what the point of uh, gawking at this specific situation is at the moment because, um, yeah, basically when they lost. Five players due to COVID and seven coaches. Um, yeah, it was done at that point. Raptors were like, I don't know, 500. Game or two over 500 and uh, their season was done. When they had like a 1-13 in 13 month in the March of April, which I still do very much appreciate other people listening to this podcast, even though the Raptors were in such a desperate situation. In any case, though, man... Um, yeah, in this game, it was a fun game. I really liked watching it. It was a close one throughout. Two um, teams that are playing quite well. Now the Raptors are not winning, but they're it's undeniable. When you watch them play, they're playing a lot better. So two teams that have been playing pretty well. And I've been watching a lot of Wizards games recently. And they've been in a real, real role. And they, I mean, they've been scoring like, like 130 for them is regulation. Not overtime kind of score for them. And um, yeah, I mean, they... Uh, They've been playing really well. And when you watch them, like, this is a totally different team than um, when the Raptors saw them the previous two times. The Raptors obviously had the uh, one win where they blew them out. They played no defense. And then another game where uh, Gary Trent Jr. hit the game winner. Um, but this time, I mean, A, the Wizards have made a number of additions to their team. And B, they're just playing with a much better rhythm as a team. 
Um, Westbrook's in a really nice flow these days. I mean, I was watching the other game. I thought he was going to have 30 assists. This was against Indiana. Um, and Beal, of course, is in contention for the, the league scoring title. So this is a team that can really play well. And they're, they're honestly, even though the record says they're five games under, they're one of the hottest teams in the NBA at the moment. And, yeah, like, you know, the Raptors played them quite well. Um, I'm not going to say, well, this is a win for the Raptors. They played the Wizards well. All right, we're not down that badly. Okay, a loss is a loss. But I had fun watching it. I'm sure a lot of other people had fun watching it. You might say, well, there were times where it wasn't fun, you know, like um, when the Raptors couldn't win at the end. But, you know, it was a close game. And I thought, for for starters, the Raptors came in with a pretty good defensive strategy. Washington is a team that... um, is prolific offensively. And if you look at their scoring totals, 31 in the first quarter, 33 in the third quarter, 33 in the fourth quarter, and then 16 in in just five minutes of the overtime. So that would have been on pace for another 30-point, if not a 40-point quarter there. Um, but I thought the Raptors came in with a pretty good defensive game plan. And that game plan was to have Stanley Johnson basically face guard Bradley Beal and then double team him. Um, it was good in the sense that I think... A, Bradley Beal is just a deadly scorer. Um, he's so good playing off the ball. And, and you know, the Wizards also are a team that know how to get a guy like Beal his shots. I mean, first off, Beal's been there like six, seven years now. Um, but him and Westbrook have found a really good chemistry together. And, yeah, Beal just made – it's just so hard to, 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 to prevent him from scoring, especially because when he touches the ball, he's generally going to score. He's that effective offensively. So – Denying him of his touches is probably the best way to go. And, you know, I thought the Raptors did a decent job of that. Again, Stanley did the bulk of the work there. Stanley also had to guard Russell Westbrook a bit, a bit as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the thing about great players is they find a way in the end. And Beal did make a couple of big plays down the stretch there, including um, after he's trying to get the nine up the ball, he made a back cut, uh, caught, caught the pass going to the basket, finish and won. Uh, over Ken Birch, although I, don't, I think he missed a free throw. But in any case, um, Washington played well. But the Raptors also played well, too. I, I like the way they, they executed. They like the way they competed. Um, I think at first it seemed very easy to score on Washington, and that is their reputation. They're not a team that guards that well. And ultimately, I'm not saying that Washington is a great defense, but I do think they have figured out a lot of things defensively for their team as compared to when the Raptors played them previously. It was like a walk in the park for the Raptors to score, especially in transition. The Wizards are better guarding in transition now than before. But also in their half court, I think they just have some pretty solid rim protection at this point. I think Alex Len, I like the minutes that he gave them. I'm not sure why he only played 14 minutes. Well, I do know. It's because Robin Lopez turned into, you know, uh, prime Yao Ming in the second half. And that was painful to watch. But um, I do feel like they do do a decent job of guarding in the paint. Um, and so having said that, though, I thought the Raptors did a pretty good job offensively of getting into the paint, you know. Um, Pascal in particular, I mean, he had a career high of 44. He matched his previous career high, which he set previously against Washington last season. Uh, and Pascal had 11 in rebounds as well, 7 assists. So Pascal played well. He got into the paint quite a bit. But I also thought Fred Van Lee got into the paint, kicked it out, made a couple of plays. Even though his shooting percentage was really terrible, a lot of that's brought down by his uh, unlucky shooting in the fourth quarter, or in the overtime where he was 0 for 6. Um, Gary Trent Jr. was also back, and he he was really efficient in the starting five. Um, he, he played well. I thought he might could have gotten a couple of more looks down the stretch. It seemed like it was a lot of Pascal and Fred, but 
In any case, Gary was playing quite well. And I thought even the bench unit gave them something. Um, I thought Bembry, once again, was one of the standout players off the bench. If not the only standout player, um, you know, he came in uh, sort of playing basically like they, you know, he was in that Stanley Johnson role of, you know, the Raptors wanted to get Pascal into the post. Um, and so they would, uh, you know, or they wanted to get Gary Trent Jr. off the ball. They wanted to get Fred off the ball. So they need someone else to handle the ball. Wasn't those three guys, and a lot of that was Stanley, a lot of that was Bembry, and they did a decent job of it. But Bembry, with his activity, keeping balls alive, including one painful sequence in the fourth quarter or in, in overtime, where Raptors missed four straight wide open threes. I think Fred missed two of those, Gary missed one, someone else missed one as well. And well, Bembry was, <laughs> even though he's small, he's he's in the paint and he's he's making plays happen. Um. And really, it just came down to the wire. And, like, you know, as many games that have come down to the wire this season, the Raptors lost. And, you know, obviously, it's very frustrating to watch that, for sure. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, we have gone through this song and dance on this podcast. Uh, every other game, what would you say? Probably every other game, right? I mean, of late, it's been every single game. Uh, it was the Nuggets game. It was the Jazz game. It was the Clipper game. Uh, it was the Nets game before that. So, like, yeah, the Raptors have been playing well. They're just losing the end. This happened once again. But this is a weird one. This was a really back-and-forth affair, and I thought they got some pretty good looks. And, you know, you might say, well, listen, um, you know, it, it's ultimately up to the star players to come out, come through and deliver. But, I mean, at the same time, like, I, I, th- I thought most of that did happen. Like, I, and it's it's, you know... Like, for example, with Pascal, I think a lot of people are going to get on Pascal. And it's fair to get on Pascal. You know, there were games, there were, there were possessions there where it was key free throws, and he missed them, right? And he, he split three pairs of free throws down the stretch. He was uh, four for seven uh, from the free throw line in the last ten minutes of the game. That's the last five minutes regulation plus the last five minutes of, obviously, overtime. Um, and that was painful. And there were some of those uh, free throws that the Raptors absolutely needed, including one that would have made it a one-possession game. He missed it. And then the, the Wizards go the other way, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, Pascal had 14 points in those 10 minutes. 14 of the Raptors, 31 points in the last, uh, you know, basically the crunch time. Right? Crunch time is last five minutes plus minus five minutes plus overtime. Rap- Pascal had 14 of the Raptors, 31 points. Uh, he got to the rim repeatedly. Uh, got A lot of it was self-created. I think there's one play where he, Stanley found him on a back cut, which was a really nice pass, really nice execution. Pascal getting the screen, going to the basket, uh, catching and finishing. That was his only easy play, but on the whole, there's a lot of self-created plays. He didn't make the free throws, but, you know, I, it's hard for me to fault him on that. And I just generally thought the Raptors got good shots. Like, even Fred, who was one for eight in that same stretch... He got a lot of good looks that just didn't drop, and it's unfortunate, but that's kind of the way the Raptors have been all season. If you look at um, the Raptors this year in crunch time, it's it would be funny if it wasn't a little so sad. I'm sure if you were another team, for example, like they would be looking at the Raptors uh, <laughs> and, you know, just making fun, essentially, at, at how much the Raptors have struggled in crunch time and how much have the Raptors have been struggling in crunch time. Let me break it down for you. Okay, so in terms of losses in crunch time, the Raptors are number one in the NBA at 26 losses. No other team in the league has lost more close games than the Toronto Raptors, okay? That's bad. Uh, what's also bad is that the Raptors are 11 and 26 in these 37 games where the, the score has been... Within five points in the last five minutes of the game. 
So that's that's pretty bad. Um, in terms of other stats to note there, so why have the Raptors been struggling so much in crunch time? Most of it comes down to offense, although their defense hasn't been that good either. Um, their defense is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eighth worse in the in the NBA in crunch time at 115.4 points per 100 possessions. But offensively, that's where they really struggled. Um, in the regular, in just regular scenarios, they're middle of the pack offensively as a team, about 112 points per 100 possessions. They dropped down to 99.6 in crunch time, and that's the third worst mark in the NBA. And that's a huge drop-off. That's, you know, that, that's the difference basically. I, actually, I don't know, man. That's, that's, that's basically the difference between the best and the worst offenses in the NBA. So, um... That's bad, and they've been really struggling offensively. And if really, you know, um, what's what's really weird about this is that the Raptors last season were the, the Raptors last season were twenty five and twelve in crunch time. So it's thirty seven games. Raptors were twenty five and twelve this year. They are eleven and twenty six. So the exact inverse of what they did last year. And offensively, it's the exact inverse. The Raptors were at one hundred and twenty point three points per 100 possessions in uh, crunch time last season. And this season, they're down to 99. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to say, really. And it's, it's really funny when you break down specific players or specific numbers. Like, they're mostly the same um, in terms of just how guys are shooting, except for the fact that, you know, Pascal Siakam went from shooting 52% in, in crunch time to, you know, something close to 40. And... Yeah, I mean, he's had some misses. But, I mean, realistically, the Raptors just lost a lot of these close games. And, and honestly, I think that more than anything else in terms of, like, execution, more than anything else in terms of, like, ability and all these other things, like, I really do think that, like, man, it's really hard to not think that some luck has gotten into this this portion of this of uh, the results. Um, I, I don't, I mean, I'm not, that's not to say that, like, you're bailing these guys out or anything like that, but... How else do you really explain it, right? Like, obviously, surge and mark were important, and obviously, center position was weak. But to see to go from uh, twenty-five and twelve to eleven and twenty-six in crunch time, just based on a center position alone, that's not it. That really isn't it. So, um, you know, it's I, I gotta say, a lot of it is bad luck. Like, I, I don't know, man. Fred could make an open three. Gary Trent can make an open three. Pascal can make a free throw. Pascal missed a finger roll. Like. Stuff like that, like that—that's that, kind of been there the whole season. And of course, it's frustrating because, like, it's hard to just like blame luck. It's a lot easier to blame other players or anything like that. But you know, that's that's where it is. And, and really, if you do look at the numbers though specifically, I do think one thing that the Raptors do miss is a guy who can sort of get their own shot in the mid-range area. Uh, obviously, that's where a lot of like important possessions end up going is in that mid-range area. The defense locks up most of everything else. And you need a guy who can really handle the ball, really drive to the basket, but also with the threat of pulling up in that mid-range area where it's very hard to send help. And in that area, the Raptors have been really bad. They're like 6 of 20 in the mid-range just in general in crunch time and like 6 of 27 in like the long paint, so non-restricted area too, which is still a mid-range shot you know, in my opinion. Like that's where the Raptors really do lack a shot creator in that area. And, you know, whether that's Fred, whether that's Pascal, if they're trying to pull up and, and attack off the dribble and, 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 you know, get a pull-up jumper with a guy in their face, I don't really feel that confident in either of those two guys making it. But, you know, um, aside from that, though, I thought it was a good game. I mean, you know, it definitely was very fun to watch. I mean, Fred had a, a leaning three to force overtime. 
Um, the, the Wizards missed uh, a key free throw at the end there. The Raptors, uh, you know, inbounded to Pascal. Pascal brought the ball up. For some reason, the Wizards didn't intentionally foul, even though Pascal was just harmlessly bringing the ball up. And then found Fred. Fred pump faked Westbrook and then got in between the gap between him and Raul Neto and made a three. That was probably Fred's only clutch play, unfortunately. But that was a nice play uh, to send overtime. And then, yeah, I mean, you know, I thought the Raptors just defensively couldn't really contain a couple of parts. And it's weirdly enough, it wasn't necessarily Westbrook. You know, Westbrook had seven turnovers and six fouls. He, you know, shot five and 19 from the field. Helped him from the perimeter. Beal, I mean, Beal shot 11 of 22. He only made one three. He had 28 points, so that's great, but, like, that's really a below-average Beal game, especially with an overtime period. Um, and, again, only one three-pointer made. Where the Raptors got killed were, well, one, they left Ro Neto open quite a bit, and even though Neto is not really, like, a big-time player or anything, clearly can hit an open three, and he did hit five open threes. But where this team got murdered was just Brooke Lopez in the post. Brooke Lopez... I mean, I'm not even kidding. This guy turned into prime Yao Ming, man. Listen, I just it was unfortunate to watch, but you got every offensive rebound. You got six offensive rebounds in 23 minutes. Just that leaning, you know, presence in the post. He's got an unstoppable hook shot, and the Raptors just kept fouling him. You got to the free throw line 14 times. The Wizards got to the free throw line 43 times. The Raptors got there 27 times. So that's a difference of 16 free throws. That's huge. And honestly... Not even crying conspiracy because the Raptors didn't have an unstoppable low post presence like uh, like Robin Lopez, who, um, yeah, he just torched the Raptors. I think a lot of it was just him using his strength. He's obviously like one of the strongest dudes in the league, um, but you know it was also a lot of uncalled three seconds because he was literally in the paint all game, both ends of the floor. Not once was it called. Okay, that's fine, but um, but yeah, Ken Birch, even though he's been great, I think. He just struggled with Lopez's size, just keeping him out of the paint, pushing him out of the paint. Lopez is just that much bigger um, than Birch, who is obviously, you know, very cut and he's 6'10 and things like that. But, you know, Lopez is just strong. I thought Gillespie almost did a better job against Lopez. But, of course, you weren't going to close the game with Freddie. So, um, Robin Lopez really hurt them, man. <laughs> and it was a lot of it was in crunch time, too. Like, the, the, the Wizards would be stuck on their plays, and they didn't really know where to go, and, you know, what do they do? And all of a sudden, they dump the ball to Robin Lopez, and he scores. Robin Lopez, in the last 10 minutes of the game, had go one, went 1-2 one for two from, the, from, the, uh, from the field and 9 of 10 from the free throw line for 11 points. So that's what ultimately hurt the Raptors. Beal obviously was really good down the stretch, too. He had 14 points in the last 10 minutes, only missed one shot and missed two free throws. Uh, and that's great, but honestly, he wouldn't have won this game without Robin Lopez, who was sensational. So, I mean, what can you really say? Um, you know, I think maybe it would be a lot more upsetting if we needed to win this game, but realistically, I know people are like, they were making a point of this in the pregame press conference. You know, it's plenty of Nick Nurse grilling over the fact that uh, the Raptors were resting some guys, you know, Kyle Lowry, for example, um, OG's being rested, uh, you know, that's, that's pretty much it, actually. Boucher, he's hurt. Um, Utah apparently sprained his ankle or something. But mainly there's a lot of ire over the fact that Kyle wasn't playing. And he's been rested. He was rested in the Clipper game. You know, he's rested again here. So there was a lot of, like, asking questions. I mean, like, what do you want Nick to say, man? It's clear that the Raptors don't value the play-in tournament. And they just want to go home. And, of course, they can't say that. Uh, they'd rather have the pick. They can't say that. They'd rather leave Tampa as soon as possible. Which, by the way... A lot of booing from the Tampa fans, which, like, I mean, listen, man, it's America. I mean, it's literally America. They're playing there. Um, and they paid. So, 
they can go in and booing is within the rules, but it's got to be mad demoralizing, man, when uh, you're at the free throw line late in your house and everyone is booing. It's pretty uh, pretty rare. Although I did ask Nick about this after the game, and Nick said, well, as a matter of fact, I uh, you know coached in Europe where people travel quite well. And I'm like, all right, God damn it, man. This guy's going to tell me. This guy's going to tell me what it was like making a free throw at the, against the cop uh, in Liverpool or something. But in any ways, um, yeah, it's got to be demoralizing in a, in a way. It's got to be very weird. But, I mean, we know this, right? But in any case, though, like, what do you really want the, the team to say? Like, yeah, we don't care about the playing tournament. We want to get the lottery odds. We want to get out of here. But, like, you know, this 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 idea of grilling them. I mean, I you know, this game just didn't matter to the Raptors. Even though you might say on the paper, well, you know, maybe you beat the Wizards. You know, maybe you're in this, blah, 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 blah. Like, no. Like, even if they get to the playing tournament, like, as even though I would have wanted to see it, like, was it, was it realistic going to lead to anything substantial? Probably not. So, um, in terms of this game itself, I mean, I thought Gary looked good in his return, uh, playing off ball a lot, and yeah, I mean, he, he just, it's the same thing with Norm, like, he's going to look a lot better with the starters than with the bench, because he's a guy who's going to thrive on catch and shoot opportunities, and it's way easier to do that when you have Kyle, when you have um, Fred and Pascal creating on the floor then when they're not on the floor and you're, you're like, the lead option off the bench. I mean, like, that kind of... Um, I mean, even though it's in this skill set, I would say, but, like, you know, Gary getting his own shot is going to be a lot less efficient than, than the team getting Gary shots. I thought the team did a really good job of getting Gary shots. I did ask Nick about this after, before the game, and Nick said that, you know, one thing that he wants to evaluate with Gary, you know, for the rest of the season here is just, like, how well can you, like, find your shots within the flow of the offense? Because the offense is going to flow, especially if Pascal and Fred are out there. Um, the offense is going to flow. The ball is going to move. It's going to find the right people. And it's really just about knowing where to be and, and, and where to get those shots. Or even just, like, even if it's self-created, just, like, what situations um, are there for the shot to be taken? I think Gary's done a good job of that with the starting group. He's done that pretty much since he came in, right? He came in and had a great start to his Raptor career, and then he came off the bench for a few games, and it was really, really bad. And then he got hurt for six games, and now he's back. He's with the starters, and things are back again. So really, I think, honestly, the bigger question is not necessarily the crunch time offense for me. I mean, you know, that's, that's been pretty bad this year. Guys have missed a lot of shots, whatever. But, like, how do the Raptors get something consistent off the bench? Um, you know, I think in part it is a talent issue, but then again, like, most benches aren't, like, stacked with talent. Like, if you look at the Wizards bench, like, they're not stacked with talent, really. I mean, Robin Lopez, you know, came in and gave them a huge boost, and Bertans is nice, but, like, you know, the Raptors have a Bertans in Chris Boucher when, 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 when Chris is here. And, yeah, they don't have a Robin Lopez, but Robin Lopez doesn't have 24 points every game, right? So, um, where did the Raptors sort of get the secondary offense from? Why does the offense flow with the starters, but it doesn't flow with the bench? Like, can they figure that portion out? I mean, obviously not for this season, but just, like, moving forward, can they get something consistent off the bench? Because, you know, um, that's been a struggle. Every single guy that goes to the bench, you know, it's it's like a graveyard. Uh, it's, it's just dead off the bench. And, like... You know, you see Flynn, for example. Malachi's coming off the bench the last, you know, two games. In the Laker game, he was effectively benched for Bembry. Bembry played a lot more, even though um, Flynn was a starter. And, like, yeah, Mal- I mean, Malachi's made... He was 2-for-7 tonight. He was 0-for-10 in the two games in L.A. Um, 
you know, everyone who touches the bench really, really struggles there. And I think, you know, what you're seeing is like, you know, aside from Boucher, like where are the shots going to come from, right? And now that he's not there, like who on this, who on the bench is going to, you know, come in with the offense? Now, granted, maybe you don't want to see all bench lineups. And Nick did play six minutes of the all bench lineup uh, in this game uh, in the second quarter there. You know, I think, um, you know, that's, that's fair to say, like, maybe you don't play all five bench guys at once, maybe mix in with the starter. But when you do that, right, in this case, he used Pascal and Fred, like, those guys automatically become the number one option all of a sudden. And, like, it's like every single shot's going to them. And sometimes it works. Like, I thought it worked well with Pascal, didn't work as well with Fred. But, like, yeah, that doesn't really create the most efficient offense either if you're just force-feeding one guy just to sort of get through, right? That's... That's, that's like putting dressing on a salad and, and, and enjoying the salad. It's like, yeah, you know, you're probably just enjoying the dressing and surviving the salad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's It's, it's got to be something with the bench that they, they can do where it's not just like they bleed points every single time. And it's not like they bled that many points. But if you, if you look at Robin Lopez, like he single-handedly outscored the Raptors bench. The Raptors bench scored 20 points. Robin Lopez had 24. So, that's tough to see. In any case, though, fun game. I enjoyed it. The Raptors almost snaked the Wizards once again down the stretch. Obviously, the Raptors-Wizards games are always very, very intense and very, very um, dramatic. And, you know, this time it didn't break right for the Raptors. But uh, what can you really say? I mean, the season is the way it is. The Raptors have lost yet another crunch time game. The Raptors are literally number one in the NBA at losing in crunch time. Uh, so... I mean, at this point in the season, you just got to take the good with uh, and and try to discard some of the bad. In terms of your three stars, I'm going to give Pascal the first star. 44 points, matched his career high. 11 rebounds, 7 assists, a steal. You know, some people are going to be mad about the free throws, which is fair. I mean, listen, it's very late in the game. Very important moments. You know, splitting pairs of free throws is very costly. Um, and you might be mad about that one turnover. Although I thought it was just a really good play by Westbrook to anticipate and take the charge. I mean, like, when Kyle Lowry takes a great charge in crunch time, we're praising Kyle Lowry. So, and we're not necessarily, like, ragging the opposing star who charged into Kyle. So it feels a little weird to just make that whole mistake on Pascal. I mean, you got to give credit to Russell for making that play as well. But... You know, aside from that, I mean, Pascal played really well, man. And again, he made he, he made a number of plays in crunch time. The Raptors made a point to play through Pascal late. And you know what? If the season's about development, I want to see Pascal develop some of these late game skills. Um, if, if if nothing, if for nothing else other than to just build his confidence in that front, because I do think you need a lot of confidence to close a game out. In terms of your second start, we got to Gary Trent, twenty five points, three rebounds, and assist to steal. Thirty six minutes, eight of sixteen from the field, five of ten. From the three-point line, 4-4 from the free-throw line, ice cold, um, you know, making big shots, unfazed. I mean, in terms of a guy who you would want to see take the late-game free-throw, Gary Trent looks very, very natural and at ease. Even with the supposed home Tampa fans uh, booing him, he's just calmly knocking out free-throws. Obviously, we've already seen him hit a game-winner. He's just got a swag to him, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, like when you watch, like, soccer, for example, like when, you know, the best players aren't necessarily the best penalty takers. Um, you know, and I think that maybe this is one of those situations where, you know, um, maybe Pascal's more like a Messi. <laughs> I know that's sacrilegious. I understand Messi is like the greatest soccer player of all time. I'm not trying to sign her for that. But, you know, you know, Messi's like about an average, maybe above average penalty taker, but definitely not the elite penalty taker. 
And yeah, sometimes you have unexpected players like James Milner who are like literally can't miss from from the line, from the spot. And yeah, Gary Trent kind of has that swagger to me. I don't know. Maybe give Gary a few opportunities there late in the games. Um, I thought there was one play, honestly, when the Raptors um, got the Wizards to uh, into a one-point possession game. The Wizards were going to close this game out. They were up four uh, with like 25 seconds left. Westbrook, for, he looked like he was going to get intentionally fouled, but then threw the pass away anyway. Um, and that got picked off. I think, yeah, Gary Trent went to the free throw line for two free throws. Then it was like a one-possession game. And late in the game, there was only 3.9 seconds. Raptors are out of timeouts at this point. Uh, they had to make a decision between who was going to inbound the ball. And I thought, of the five guys who are on the floor, Bembry and Ken Birch are the two guys who aren't the shooters. Those guys should be inbounding. If anything, it specifically should be Bembry. Because I think that you maybe Ken Birch is a guy you need down the floor. Um, as a bigger target, it's obviously easier to pass to a big man. Even though I don't think he's necessarily the, the, the guy who's going to deliver a game-winning three. But it was, should have been Bembry inbounding the ball. But those guys went up the floor. So it literally just left Gary Trent Jr. and Pascal Siakam deciding between who's going to inbound off the made free throw. And, yeah, I mean, I thought maybe Pascal should have inbounded to Gary instead of Gary inbounding to Pascal. But in any case, both those guys should not have been inbounding. And that was a bit of a missed opportunity. But in any case, Gary had a nice game. And he's getting his second star. And then your third star... Um, you know, I want to give it to Fred, but 7 of 25 from the field is, is hard to ignore. Uh, I want to give it to Kem, but he also got bullied by Robin Lopez. So this is the first time ever, I believe, in the history of three stars, and I've been doing this for four or five years now. So there's like 80-something 80, 80 games every season, playoffs, preseason. So like about 100 games per season. So there's probably like a, been at least 500 episodes of the Rapids Reaction Podcast. I don't think any person has ever gotten that award with zero points scored, but Stanley Johnson with zero points, two rebounds, and five assists is getting the third star for me just based off his work rate defensively, man. This guy was really getting in it uh, with Westbrook, with Beal, and those are the two guys that are the main threats. If the Wizards are going to win, they need those two guys, and I mean... Uh, yeah, Westbrook, 5-19 with 7 turnovers and 6 fouls. Beal only getting 22 shots off, and I know that sounds crazy saying only, but, you know, those guys did really well. And I thought, honestly, Stanley, if he had not fouled out of the game, he would have been very useful in overtime. But Stanley put some great D and threw out some nice passes. So, um, Stanley gets your third side. Here's your Gerald Henderson award winner. That's got to go to Robin Lopez, man. 24 points. Uh, six offensive rebounds, six of eight from the field, all hook shots, 12 of 14 from the free throw line, three blocks as well. So this guy was unstoppable, unstoppable late in the game. And I don't even know what to do. This guy's just strong as hell. If they don't call three-second violations, which they should, because he does it every time, then the Raptors are kind of screwed. So, <laughs> unfortunately, they couldn't stop Robin Lopez. It was literally like stopping Shaq, who can make free throws. It's It was impossible, so... It is what it is. The Raptors only have five games left on the year. Um, you know, we can kind of chill a little bit, watch some development, see who's going to play, and, and just kind of savor it a little bit. Because I think even after like a poor season like this, I'm still going to miss the team. I'm sure you will as well. You're going to miss the distraction, the, the entertainment, and um, the personalities as well. And it's a good, it's going to be a long summer, man. It's going to be the long summer. Obviously, the first year in seven uh, seasons where the Raptors haven't made the playoffs. So, um. Try to soak it in. Try to have some fun with it. Um, you know, like 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 Kawhi said, um, enjoy this moment uh, and have fun with it. Ah ha ha ha! Like it, it's 
that's where I'm at at this point. So thanks everyone for listening. I really appreciate it. If you haven't already, go watch Run It Back with me and Alex. It's out on the Yahoo Sports Canada YouTube page. Um, what else? Subscribe to the Raptors Reaction Newsletter. Um, and yeah, I will see you after the next game. Thanks for listening. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com.